1 Corinthians chapter 7. And like I said, y'all need to pray because uh, the devil don't want you happy at home. Amen. He knows if you're happy at home, uh, you're going to get after him. Well, amen. Amen. Most people having marital problems, and I'm hearing the echo up here, most people having marital problems, either one of them or both of them drop out of church. Because a bad marriage is tough. Amen. And uh, the book I've written on marriage is not for children came out of my wife and I uh, almost, our marriage almost collapsed in 1984. And, and, and nobody said anything to us on how they could help us. And I almost lost the love of my life because I didn't have some information. Amen. Next to not being saved, the worst decision in my life would be not to be married to Bernetta McClendon. Not, that's, that's, I mean, and, um, and so, so I just want to help somebody this morning. And then you all who are single, take this in. You have the right to share. Many of your co-workers, rewind they are still drinking and running around smoking dope. They're either in a bad marriage or they grew up in a bad marriage. And you have the information. Amen. Donald Trump and Congress is not going to get it done. It's going to be in the word of God. Amen. This, this book right here holds the answer to all of our issues. It's in the word of God. You have your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verses 1 through 5. As we share this morning, uh, got victory at home. Got victory. Okay, all right, let's read. Amen, because I want you to have victory at the house, man. All right, let's read out loud. I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. Whatever translation you have, let's read out loud together. All right, let's read. Now concerning the things about which ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife, defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again, that Satan tempt ye not for your incontinency. Amen. The grass wither it, and the flower fade away, but the word of our God shall stand forever. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord and I want to tag this text this morning. I want to talk from the subject saved, married, 
and my spouse is super. Amen. 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 And if you can't say my spouse is super, say I'm hoping that he or she becomes super. Amen. After this word, amen. Uh, if, if you watched, if you watched uh, the 51st Super Bowl last Sunday evening, uh, you witnessed one of, first of all, the first overtime in the history of the Super Bowl. Then also, if you watch uh, the Super Bowl last Sunday, you also witnessed one of the greatest comebacks in the history of the Super Bowl. Approximately 111 million people watched the Super Bowl. And at halftime, when most of us were watching Lady Gaga, who jumped off the roof of the stadium, okay, uh, Bill Belichick, the coach of the Super Bowl win in New England Patriots, was at halftime making adjustments. Because those of you all who watched the Super Bowl, when it came to halftime, it looked like the Atlanta Falcons had won the Super Bowl. But, 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 but while we were watching Lady Gaga sing, I was born like this, and all that kind of, you know, and jumping around. And Bill Belichick was in the locker room with the rest of the Patriots making some major adjustments while the Atlanta Falcons was in their locker room planning their parade route and texting their family members and taking selfies and say, we don't want it, it's all over, but the dancing, Bill Belichick was in the locker room with the Patriots making some major adjustments. And that's what this sermon is today, is about adjustments. You see, in your marriage, for those of us who are married, and marriage is not for children, get my book. Y'all can help me put me over the top. Get my book. Uh, because in marriage, you got to make some major adjustments. Amen. Amen. You got to make some major adjustments uh, when you get married. And, 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 and Belichick and the fellows won because they made the adjustment and they wanted to win. Now, if you don't want a good marriage, then this is not for you. If you just want to live the way you've been living, then fine. But if you want to change, if you want to do it better, then the word of God is for you. First of all, though you all who are married, coming to church, worshiping together is an investment in your marriage. Amen. The statistics show that couples who worship together on a regular basis have less than a 10% divorce rate because of the power of worship. 
Thank you, men, for singing. Let us worship the Lord. I just felt the anointing of God, man. Amen. And that's why we have the at-the-table ministry here. We challenge every man, every household to start having church once a month in your house. It will change the atmosphere of your home if you do a little singing around the house. Some Zion songs. So, so when you worship together, then, then it, it put mom and daddy on the same page spiritually and so that uh, you can uh, stay together. Amen. You see, in verse number five, Paul calls out the reason why you need to understand that the devil... And the devil works best undercover. And the devil is trying to keep somebody today from hearing the word of God. Don't fool yourself. I told you earlier, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. If the devil was flesh and blood, you know what I'd do? I'd trick him to the, to the airport, put him on Southwest Airlines, and ship him to L.A. Or ship him to my enterprise. But the devil is a spirit. And the only way you can see that devil. That devil don't, doesn't matter, don't care how long you've been married. He doesn't care whether you married or single, black, white, Hispanic. He is trying to destroy your life. Jesus said, John 10, 10. The thief coming not, but to steal, to kill and to destroy. Care how long you've been married. They ever don't care. They don't care if you're black or white. He wants you in a divorce court. He wants your life messed up. Amen. We spend too much time looking at people. Amen. I'm not your problem. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not my problem. Donald Trump is not your problem. All this energy people wasting on Donald Trump. My God. Amen. Well, bless the Lord. Donald Trump is just a man, 70 years old, and uh, he's not. If Donald was my problem, I could trick him to Acapulco and get rid of him, but not your problem. The devil uh, is your problem. That's who's trying to keep you from having a happy marriage. The devil trying to destroy your life. And he haven't just started. He's been trying to destroy your life, all of your life. But if God be for us, who, who can be against us? See, that, 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 that's what, that's what you got to understand. You got to understand uh, what the enemy trying to do. First of all, verses 1 and 2 deal with the description of a biblical marriage. The church at Corinth had her problems like most churches, but they had written to Paul about marriage and uh, I've discovered if you have a question you should ask somebody who knows something amen. well amen amen blessed to the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly see what's wrong with some of you all you still getting your counsel from ungodly folk and ungodly can only give you ungodly counsel. <laughs> Why you can't figure out what's going on. They wrote Paul. They wrote the apostle Paul. That's another reason why some of y'all don't get nothing. Y'all don't want to ask for help. Y'all, you know, you know you're messed up. You know you're jacked up. And you just keep on walking in the same old tread. Insanity is doing the same old thing 
expecting different results. That's why some of you young women keep getting dumped. Because what you do, you jump in the bed first. You share your, your body first. And then you think a man going to respect you. Well, bless his name. And so, and so, so they wrote to Paul. Amen. Anytime I got a question, I call people who know what they are talking about. I call people who have a biblical foundation. I'm not calling Dr. Phil for spiritual stuff. Amen. I'm not calling Oprah for spiritual stuff. I'm called my pastor or somebody else spiritual in my life that's going to give me biblical sound advice. Do you not realize a lot of folk will give you bad advice because they jealous of you and they hope you take it and mess up your life? <laughs> Some of you married women getting your advice from single women and they mad at you because you married. And they hoping your marriage fall apart so they can get your man. You may think he's a nothing, but he's something to her because she ain't got nobody. And she'll tell you, girl, I wouldn't fix his meal. I wouldn't do nothing. Amen. So, so Paul here, they wrote. And so Paul gives us in verse 1 and 2 the description of a biblical marriage. Look at verse number two. Keep your Bibles open again this Sunday. Look, he said, nevertheless, to avoid sharing your ball. <laughs> okay. All right. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication. And let me take a moment for some of y'all who get real ignorant when it comes to the Bible. Okay. Fornication is a man or woman having sex outside of marriage. That's, that's, that's forn fornication. It's doing the nasty. Okay, now, okay. All right. Uh, fornication is having sex with someone other than your husband or your wife. Are we all clear? Now, in verse number nine, for you singles who are too hot to trot, in verse number five, he said, nine, he says, if you can't contain yourself, then it's better to marry than to burn up. So whomever you're having sex with, marry them. And you're going to discover something that man don't want to marry you. All right. All right, back to the text. I don't know why, I don't know why black folks are so afraid to talk about sex. Maybe because we got jacked up wrong. Maybe because we got all... Why are they so afraid of this subject, money and sex? We get all uptight. <gasps> Dr. Bill Bright said, why should we be ashamed to talk about that which God created? And, and Paul said, very honest, because if you read the Bible, the Bible is going to tell you the 411. The Bible don't pull no punch. And Paul said, now, to avoid, to avoid fornication, because in Corinth there was prostitute temples there. A thousand, and so Paul said, now to avoid fornication, since you are sexually active, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own, you got your Bibles open now, and every woman her own husband. See, this goes against the ideal of same-sex marriage. A man cannot be married to another man in the eyes of God. A woman cannot be married to another woman in the eyes of God. 
a man cannot have more than one wife in the eyes of God. Let every man have his own wife and every woman her own husband. Somebody said to me one day, Reverend, are you henpecked? I say, yes, I am. I'm henpecked. I got my own hen and my license. So I peck whenever I want to. Amen. Amen. That's right. If all you lovers who think you can handle more than one woman, ask your wife how you are doing when you get home. Amen. Since you think you all that, amen. That's what I say. Say, baby, uh, uh, can I have another wife? And she'll tell you how you are doing. She'll probably say, well, <laughs> let every man. Now, every man don't have every man have the gift. Every man don't have the gift of celibacy. So, if you don't have the gift of celibacy, if you want to have sex with a woman, that means you're ready for marriage. Every man have his own wife. Every woman her own husband. This is the book here. This is gonna help somebody here. It's helping somebody right here now. Cause some of you women, single women, hang out with some of these players. They just playing. And you might want to tell them, I'm not a car. I don't need to take no test drive. Everything works, buddy. Let's get some license, get a ring, and let's get the Reverend McClendon. And as soon as he pronounces a husband and wife, it's on, buddy. Amen. Well, bless his name. Amen. Amen. Well, right here. Amen. Somebody don't say amen somewhere around here. Amen. Amen. Have their own wife, everyone. Have their own husband. That's biblical. Number two, look at the d- duties of the husband and the wife. See, hence the marriage is not for children. There are duties. See, a lot of people want they want they want all the luxuries, but not the duties. Amen. Everybody want to ride on Air Force One, but they don't want the duties. A lot of folk want the corner uh, lot, I mean a corner office, but they don't want the duties. There are duties that come along with being a husband and a wife. Right here, look what he said right here. Verse, verse number three, let the husband render to the wife her due, due benevolence, and also the wife unto the husband. See? It's a two-way street, but he always start off with us men because women respond how they are treated. So it's always men first. Whenever I do a, a, a ceremony, I never start off with the wife first. I never say, Shaliki, do you take this? No. I always start out with my boom boom. Because God called us men. So, so every man will treat his wife as if every day is Valentine's Day. Treat or not. That's why some brother had to go overboard this coming too. They're trying to make up. But treat her with due benevolence. That's why right here we are doing what? Ten hugs a day. That's, that's showing her affection. See, five things a woman needs, a wife needs. She needs affection. That's, that's ten hugs. We start off with ten. Just give your own wife. Now, I, I will clear that last week. 
Don't be trying to hug nobody else's wife because you're going to get knocked out. Amen. <laughs> so you'll hug. What well, maybe I need to preach to the men? Just 10 hugs. That's all. Just 10 hugs. You go around and hug somebody else's wife. You may get knocked out at church. Talking about he was slain in the spirit. No, he was knocked out because he hugged somebody. He wasn't saying he was knocked. Somebody knocked because hug. 10 hugs. I just got, pray for the brothers, the men's ministry down at the St. John Baptist Church in Corpus Christi. I was just with, I've been with them a Friday night and yesterday, and them brothers all shook up, man, because I was talking about treat her with uh, giving her hugs. See? So women need to affection. They need conversation. They need you to talk to her. She needs you to listen. And I, I told the brethren down there, when I'm with my wife, I never have my watch on. I never look at my watch. My cell phone is off. Because the only person more important in my life than her is Jesus. So I, ain't nobody that important be texting me when I'm with my wife. You know, phone off. I'm just looking at her. Yes. Yes, baby. Make sure my breath smells good. Hold it. I'm, I'm just trying to help somebody. Don't be up in the face of your breath smells bad. I mean, uh, so she, she needs coming. She needs you, number three, to be honest. Honest and open. See, too many men trying to be all closed up, trying to be John Wayne and all this. Trying to be Shaft. <laughs> oh, no. She needs you to tell her how you are feeling. A good book by Dr. John uh, Lee, who lives here in Austin, I guess he's still living, The Flying Boy, talks about men have a hard time connecting with their wives because emotionally we men have not been taught how to be open and honest. And especially black men because we grew up on the rough side of the street so we could, we had to be tough. And that, and that open and honesty also means the fact that you verbally tell her she looks good. You verbally tell her that you love her. See, if you got to put it in your hand, baby, I love you so much. Amen. If you got to, amen. Women, that's a fair. Women need to hear that. Women, because let me tell you what, brother, let me tell you what. Don't ask your wife when you get home. But when you got married, she married you, she still looked good to other men. And other men will hit on her. Even at church. Never shall I forget one year my wife was pregnant with our youngest daughter. Almost, what, seven, eight months pregnant at a convention. And a man, a preacher hit on her. Don't you think? Don't nobody else want her but you. You better tell her every day, three or four times a day. I know some of y'all wasn't raised like this. You got to put on tape. Put on tape. Say, baby, I love you. Get one of them old songs. Get one of them old Al Green songs. Let's stay together or something. I mean, rap something. My girl, you better do something to show her that you love her. See, that's part of the affection. She needs honesty. She needs financial support. She didn't know you got her back. That's why a lot of these poor women are working. Because they married to some cheap dudes. That's why a lot of these women busting themselves, talking, talking about I got to be a free woman. No, you married to a cheap dude. And you know if you don't work, 
I told y'all about that last year. I told you about the guy who loaned his wife money and had a coupon book. And she fell behind and he come to see me mad. Reverend, you need to talk to her. About what? She behind on her payments. Had a, and pulled out his coupon book. <laughs> Your cheap self. Amen. Your wife needs financial support. You cannot give her enough money. Well, let me just try over here. You cannot give your wife too much money. She needs money. That's, that's, she needs financial support. And she needs family commitment. She needs to know that you're not going to abandon her and those children. She needs your affection. Okay. Now, Reverend, because she down there, the men down there say the same thing with me and say right here. What about the women? See, just three things, sisters, and, and women already know this. I'm just going to give you three things. What your husband need. Just three things. Ain't, and I'm going to be ready. Three things. Somebody said three. Just three things. Let me tell you what your husband needs. First of all, your husband, you want to write it down or you can get this. Your husband needs Food. F O O D. He needs. Amen. That's that's number one. Husband needs something to eat. Give me some strength. You know. Number two. Y'all writing this down? Anybody writing? I don't see nobody. Y'all writing? Okay. Number two. Your husband needs admiration. He needs respect and a verbal appreciation from you. Amen. Aretha Franklin made it popular, but Otis Redding wrote the song, I need respect when I come home. See? And so men, in particular black men, live in a culture that really don't want us around, not us free. We need you to give us respect and admiration. You ought to tell your husband. That's why, that's why, that's why Sarah called Abraham Lord. And I ask women all the time, when last time you call your husband Lord? Amen. Amen. He needs food. He needs admiration. That's why we men keep playing ball and driving fast. Because we want our wives to say, Woo! Go, daddy, go. Go, daddy, go. That's why you play basketball, boy. I had my best game when Sister McClendon was around. Doc, I come in. Uh, you know, y'all know I play basketball, right? Y'all, y'all stay with me. Y'all wake up. Don't, don't go around. I, y'all don't go to sleep. I, I, I'm trying to help you too. Listen, I, I, I used to come off and, and y'all know I play basketball. Some of my new members don't know it. I used to come down and start off at half court. That's half court, pretty good. With half court, okay, good. And and all I wanted to see, Sister McClendon, when I come in and rocked the cradle and threw it off the backboard and docked it like LeBron. Y'all see, every time LeBron got that from me, okay, now I don't tell that lie. But he 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 did do it. I did like that. I want to see Sister McClendon just stand up and just go, man, go, go, boy, go. See, if your husband not working, you might need to start cheering him on every morning. Get him up. Let's go, baby. Let's go, daddy. Let's go. Hey, hey. Get some pop on. Let's go. You the man. 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 You go, daddy. You go. You the Bring that check home to mama. Bring that check home to mama. Bring that check home. 
check, 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 check. See, you might really stop trying to be, y'all rob trying to tell you how you get him up. He'll be working five jobs. Bring it home to mom. Bring it home to mom. Give it to mama. <laughs> oh, bless me. <laughs> yes, sir. He'll be dragging the work, dog. He'll be. Bring that check home to mom. Bring, bring, bring. Okay. Well, bless his name. He needs, I said, that's two things, right? He needs food, admiration, <laughs> and I wonder what's the third one. Yeah. The third one he needs is sex and a whole lot of it. And all the men said amen. See, just like a woman, you can never give your wife enough money. Wife, you can never give your husband enough honey. Y'all got quiet on yeah. I know that's right. I just say 15 marriages right there. <laughs> that's right. Amen. <laughs> well, bless the Lord. Some of you women ain't moved. You know. You know what he needs. Well, bless the Lord. Amen. If you don't make it back to evening service, I'll understand why. So we just practicing what the pastor said. I mean, that's it, man. Amen. We men are pretty simple. We're not hard. That's the, that's the duties of, 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 of husbands and wives. Because your body don't belong to you. It belong to your husband. And your husband's body don't belong to him. It belong to you. Boy, amen. Let me get the third one here. Boy, I mean, this is, boy, this is, man, you know, this is some good stuff. Amen. Amen. Now, now, you single women, if you got your eye on a single guy, watch and see how faithful he heals that church. Is he listening to the word of God? Is he saved? Because this is serious. Look at verse number five. He said, defraud not each other. He uses a legal term. Paul said, don't defraud. Don't deprive. See, you don't have the right to deprive your mate. Amen, amen. They said the first thing Eve said after they came out of the garden, she told Adam, I got a headache. But you don't deprive, you don't deprive each other. See, I can't deprive, you don't deprive your wife of her affection. And she won't uh, 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 deprive you of your affection. See, men and women on different spectrums, what affection means to a woman it's not the same thing to a man. And that's why we men have to enter the university. Our wives, women are much more complicated than men. But once we know better, we do better. We make that major adjustment. See, really I want to keep my money in my pocket. But baby, I know you need money. See, so I'm going to make sure you have some money. See, see and then the fraud not, you got to be together. Why? Because the devil coming to try to destroy your marriage. Look what Paul said in that fifth verse. Defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent or with an agreement. See, got to have agreement for a time that you may give yourself to what? Fasting and praying. That's important in a marriage. And come together again that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. 
So you need to have an agreement. So don't deprive each other. You're married, you have duties. If you're not married, you don't have any duties. See, some of y'all need to tell these, these guys, you know, you're not my husband, and you want me to do what? <laughs> Ain't got no duty to you. Do like prophetess Beyonce, put a ring on it, and I'll get her done. <laughs> well, bless his name. Amen. Some of, you, some of you single women, bless your heart. Amen. Y'all got it all confused. You don't owe no man nothing until he marries you. Get that straight. Amen. Some of y'all run around here. You got single people acting like they married, and married folk just acting crazy. <laughs> So, need an agreement. Somebody say an agreement. Agreement. Let me rush through these last things right quick, and then I'll be finished. There are five areas in my book, you get much more of this in my book, that you need to have a written agreement. Amen. Not a verbal agreement. It needs to be written down. Habakkuk 2 and 2. Write the vision. Need to write it down. Because see, people talk, we forget what we say. So you need to have a written, that's why God gave us the Bible, a written book. Because he know we are forgetting add stuff to the Bible. Because black folk will add something to the Bible. Now you tell me. Amen. So it's written. So you can go read it. So you all need a written agreement in these six main areas. Number one, finance. Dave Ramsey. Right now we just started our, our new Dave Ramsey class. Stand up, Commons, brother and sister Commons. Stand up, sister Risha. How many other work with the Dave Ramsey? Amen. Uh, you need to have a, a written budget. Finance. You need to have a written agreement. Whose money is it? Is it our money, your money, or my money? Well, amen. Now, if you and your wife cannot come together, you and your husband cannot come together with a written budget, you have bigger problems than money. So you need to have a written agreement. I don't have time to read Proverbs 22 and 7, Ecclesiastes 10, 19, but money answered all things. Proverbs 22 and 7 says, uh, debt is slavery. 85% 85% of all divorces caused because of financial fights. You're going to have problems in life, but to compound that problem is we are also broke. That's why a lot of folk don't come to church. It's not to call a fight. We don't have good worship. Many folk can't afford to put gas in their car to come on Sunday and then go to work on Monday. Need to have a written book. Take financial peace. Every member, single, uh, married, need to take Dave Ramsey financial peace. Then number two, I'm going to go rest you real fast because my time is about gone. Uh, you need to have a written agreement about intimacy. See, have a written agreement. How often, you know, what you expect. See? Well, amen, you need to do that. See, we assume a lot of things. Just because somebody have their signal light on doesn't mean they're going to turn. Especially here in Austin, you don't need it. And just because they're in the far lane doesn't mean they're not in the exit. In Austin, you do. So you can't assume. So you need to have a written. How often are we going to have sexual intercourse? What do you expect from me? That's intimacy. See? So you won't be com- confused. Number three, have a written agreement about in-laws. 
because in-laws can become outlaws. So you need to, how often is your mama going to come over? So you need to have that written. <laughs> well, bless her name. Is she going to come every week? <laughs> All right. Amen. How? <laughs> Amen. Well, bless the Lord. Amen. You need to have a written agreement. All right. About number, number four, you need to have a written agreement about stepchildren or children from previous marriages. Whose children are they? See, 70% of people bring children to a marriage. The divorce rate goes up to 70% because they have no agreement. Whose children are they? Who are they? You need to have a written agreement. See, Number five, the X factor. How are we going to handle your ex-wife or your ex-husband? Is he going to come by my house? Is she going to put her hands on my baby? You need to write that down now because if you don't, you're going to have... Look at some of these married folk. They are hoping y'all write this down. They are hoping... Because somebody didn't do it. Somebody thought love going to conquer all. We love and we please, man. Love would fix it. We just give everybody a hotel room. Amen. Love ain't going to fix it. Need to have a written agreement. Is he going to come by my house? Is your ex going to come to my house to, and see you? See, somebody said no. Amen. Okay. Is your ex, who's younger than I am, going to come? Okay, no. All right. I'm just being messy now. See, I'm just being messy. All right. You have a written agreement. How are we going to deal with X? And then number, number six, you need to have a written agreement about religious differences. Don't marry someone who's not saved. You are asking for a world of trouble. Don't marry. That's it. Second Corinthians 6.14 said, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And you shouldn't be afraid to ask people if they're saved. When I came here 23 years ago, during the interview process, somebody finally asked me, Reverend, are you saved? And I said, that's the question I've been wanting to hear. Yes, I'm saved. I got saved the second Sunday in August 1972, about 3 o'clock p.m. at the old Parkview Missionary Baptist Church on Washington Street. Yes, I've been born again. And you shouldn't be ashamed to ask anybody that. If people get offended about you asking that, maybe they are not saved. And don't you marry someone who have not confessed Christ as their Savior. You are asking for problems. Marriage is great, but it's not that great to overcome being married to someone who does not love your Jesus. So thank the Lord. So the duties, description of marriage, duties of marriage and don't deprive each other. When I travel like I did last past Thursday, uh, went to Corpus, the Lord blessed this coming Thursday I'll be leaving going up to Dallas. My wife and I have a marriage conference in Dallas next Friday and Saturday. But Reverend Clemens, what I do most time, whenever I travel, almost 99% of the time, as soon as I get to my hotel room, first thing I do, I take off the do not disturb sign and put it on the outside of the door. Which I'm saying to the maids, don't bother me. As soon as I get there, 
turn down the bed, I get that do not disturb sign on it and put it on the outside. Said, don't, don't disturb me. And they come by my room every morning with a cart. And on that cart is what I need in the room. But guess what, Reverend Armstrong, Archer? They don't bother me. Why? Because I put the sign on the outside of the door, do not disturb. What you trying to say, Reverend? I'm trying to say this this morning. The Holy Ghost is here. He want to bless you. But some of y'all got that do not disturb sign out on your heart. And Jesus is standing at the door. Revelations 20, three, uh, Revelation 3 and 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man would open to me, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. Some of y'all need to move that do not disturb sign off your heart and let Jesus give you a new life. And all the people said, Amen.